There are many accounts of the birth of Jesus in the New Testament, not only in the Gospels, but also in the Epistles. I want to read one of them, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, where Paul's going to reflect on the incarnation of Christ with a pastoral purpose in mind, namely, that we would take up Christ's example of selfless humility. Now, there's important claims here made about the person of the Lord Jesus, and I would point out maybe the most obvious but important one, is that we need to realize that God the Son did not begin his life in the manger of Bethlehem. The eternal divine son became man in the Bethlehem manger, in the womb of, of his mother Mary. But he existed from eternity past. You and I go to a truck stop and we go to one of those circular displays where they have the birth years and who won the World Series the year that you were born. And mine was quite a while ago now. And sadly, I think the Yankees won that year and all kinds of minutia. Jesus stands there. There's no date for him because he exists eternally. And so Jesus did not become in the incarnation, but rather he who eternally is God the Son. And with God the Father created all things, as our Nicene Creed puts it, was made man. He took up a human nature upon him who had been eternally the divine son. That's one of the reasons why we worship him as God, because he is God. Now there's a statement in verse uh, 7 that has led to a pernicious heresy. Our ESV says he made himself nothing, Uh, the more... Uh, typical translation is he emptied himself. The Greek word is kenosis, and kenosis theology holds that in the incarnation, Jesus stopped being God. He divested himself uh, of deity, of his divine nature. And this is a reminder of why we don't develop whole theologies out of interesting expressions in one place of the Bible. Because you remember in our studies of Mark's gospel where this Jesus stands in the boat and he commands the winds and the waves. Dare I say that person had not given away his deity. What he's talking about, though, is the humility of Christ. In, 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 and we don't think about this often. What it meant for the eternal creator to take on the form of a creature. And not only a creature, but a, 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 a race that had been fallen into sin Jesus is incarnate sinlessly, and yet he enters into the circumstances of the curse of sin as he is made man. Now, that is the emptying he's speaking of, the divesting himself of privilege and glory and blessedness. For our sake, Jesus took up, he entered into the humiliation of of membership in the cursed human race that he, and he alone could do it, he would redeem us from our sins. That's the emphasis here. Um, One one question we always want to ask when we're reading a passage of the Bible is what does this tell us about God? And whenever you're seeing a description of Jesus Christ, you're being shown what God is like. Jesus is like God, but the really emphasis in the Gospels is that God is like Jesus. Jesus shows us what God is like and how remarkable it is that the eternal, all-glorious, almighty, sovereign God is, is humble, is lowly of spirit, is, is not interested, is not caught up in himself, but he's filled with love. And all that he does, he's marked by love and a desire for the blessing of his people. As Jesus takes up servanthood, He is showing us the character of God. We all have difficult circumstances. It's so easy for us, usually in a self-centered way, to be angry with God, disappointed with God. God is love. He's 
humble in spirit. He is the servant of his people. What a remarkable display we have of the character of God in the incarnation of Jesus. And he humbled himself, particularly, uh, Paul's going to say, in obedience to God, even obedience to the cross. The humiliation of Christ that began with his conception in Mary's womb finds its apex in his sacrificial death at the hands of wicked men. Now the passage ends by saying that God highly exalted him for this reason. Now this reason in this passage is not his divine nature, but his humble obedience. Because of his humble obedience, God gave him the names that's above every name. What is that name? It's Lord. And every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and heaven and on earth. And then Paul's emphasis when he's going to say, see now, let's take him as our example. First we trust him as our savior, but then we enter into his ways. Paul says, let the spirit be in you, which is in him. Don't be about yourself, which we are so prone to do. That's Paul's application of the incarnation of the Lord Jesus. If you desire a life of significance and meaning, and I know that you do in a purpose, the birth of Jesus says, make yourself a servant. Give yourself away. Take up that spirit which is in Jesus. Jesus says, as one of you desire to be great, let him become servant of all. Well, with these things in mind, let's give ear to the reading of God's holy, inerrant, and life-giving word, beginning at verse 1 of Philippians chapter 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus." who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The grass withers, the flowers fall, and the word of our God abides forever and ever. Amen.